Hello, listeners. Welcome to Season 5 of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon, part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I'm Alexia Gordon, award-winning author and host of the show. Every other Thursday, I chat with an author writing on the not-so-gritty end of the crime fiction spectrum. If you prefer your mystery without hardcore sex and violence, join us in the Cozy Corner. Welcome. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. I'm Alexia Gordon, author and host of the podcast. Marilyn Levinson, who writes The Haunted Library Mysteries as Allison Brooke, joins me in the corner today to chat about Death on the Shelf, the latest in the series. Welcome, Marilyn. Hello, Alexia. I'm very happy to be here today. Death on the Shelf, which is available November 9th, is the fifth book in the Haunted Library series. Would you please tell us what your protagonist, Carrie Singleton's up to this time? Well, um, she's very much involved with her best friend's wedding. Um, And there were problems to begin with because the bridal shower that she had planned for Angela had had a problem because um, the the restaurant burned down and there was no place to hold the uh, bridal shower. So um, one of Angela's cousins said says that she said would, that she would be happy to host the bridal shower in, in her home, which Angela is not at all happy about because she did she never got along with her cousin. Not that she didn't get along with her, but her cousin's a few years older and very elegant and very savvy. And Angela feels very silly with her. Just, she doesn't feel comfortable with her and another cousin too. That's her, those are her cousins, Donna and Roxy. Now, now you set your story at a wedding and weddings are potentially perilous with uh, you know, the complicated family dynamics that you just talked about and emotions and anxieties and tensions are running high. So how did the drama of a wedding kind of lend itself to becoming the scene of a murder? Well, um, there were problems to begin with because as I just said, um, she's not very happy with her new, these cousins who um, she has to deal with. And what she notices is that Donna, who's married to a physician, um, has been very much involved or her, the cousin the cousin Roxy um, it seems to be very much involved with Donna's husband. And coupled with that, um, Angela has a brother who's been abusive to her. And thank goodness um, he lives in California and the wedding of course is in Connecticut where they live, where they're from. And um, she finds him very, um, very abusive and her parents never believed that he was abusive to her. And he's in town now trying to drum up um, money um, to, um, for people to put into his movies. And he's hoping that Donna's husband, the doctor, will, would put money into his, his next production. And so we have all these different things going on at the same time. And libraries are, are popular settings for cozy mysteries, but your library is kind of different. It's, it's haunted. So how did you decide to haunt your library? Well, 
I think I, I just like to write about um, witches occasionally and ghosts. This is not my first ghost uh, novel. And I remember when I once spoke to an, um, an editor about this at a conference, she said, oh, drop the ghost. I don't think ghosts are popular. And I, I just put it in, it, it just seemed a natural thing to have a ghost in it. Um, somebody who used to work in the library. Um, it's just, a, a, I feel that it's another element that people kind of like. And even people who don't like paranormal um, novels, they say, well, but I like your books, Marilyn, because they, they, they kind of like Evelyn, you know? So I think that's why. And sometimes well-meaning advice is not necessarily the best advice. I know. And so I, think, I think we're all, we're, you know, we, we just have certain tendencies, I think, in our writing. And the same thing with libraries. I, I had no, I, I didn't choose a library because it was a popular um, subgenre of cozy books. I mean, I, I, only, I, I really didn't know of any other library uh, series, although I quickly found out there was one. And it just suddenly there were so many. So, so do you think of this series as a mystery with a ghost or a ghost story with a mystery? I think it's the ghost is just one element, really. Um, I think it's really about the, the community, um, the people who work in the library, the camaraderie. Um, and, and it's really about um, Carrie and how she's been developing. Um, she. She starts out wanting to, the very first page in Death Overdue, which is the first book, she wants to leave because um, she's not, she has this very menial job in the library, even though she really is qualified. And she's been wandering, she's been not sticking in any particular place for years. Um, I mean, she's, she's not that old, she's almost 30, but um, she, she hasn't set down roots anywhere. And so it's, it's really, um, the series is really about her and how she's grown. So do you have any, any real life ghost stories that, that might've inspired Evelyn? No, I, I really don't. I don't, I don't know why um, I, I'm drawn to them. I guess, I guess I've liked, I love, you know, the topper stories. Um, in fact, one of my children's books has a, um, a topper type ghost that I set. And I think I'm just drawn to them. I, I really couldn't explain why. Well, how about any real life wedding horror stories that might've inspired this mystery? No, no, especially since there's a death and unfortunately that um, ruins it. And um, it, Angela's so very upset about it. and. Um, she's ready to not go on her honeymoon because of it. She feels she should stick around. And, um, her, and her mother asks Carrie to convince her to go on the honeymoon, which she does. I guess, she, she, I guess they won't give you a deposit back for a murder at your wedding? <laughs> well, the, 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 it only happened at the dessert. So um, most of the wedding was, was, was finished, um, was over but it's really not the way you want to end a wedding, right? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> uh, I think you mentioned something with a uh, face down in the chocolate fountains, uh, uh, an interesting way to go. <laughs> I couldn't resist. I just couldn't resist. I mean, if you're going to have a murder, really make it a, you know, a big splash, so to speak, right? <laughs> Absolutely.
But I'm sure they were, they were really murders. I mean, not murders, but deaths at weddings. I'm sure it's happened. Um, uh, yeah, there have probably been a few murders at weddings, too. I'm, I'm trying to think of some of the true crime shows that I've watched. I'm sure at least one of them was set at a wedding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I could imagine. Mm. Especially if the if there you know the there was a fight over the groom or the groom there somebody didn't want um, the person to marry the other person something like that go you could just imagine right <laughs> right yeah, yeah. now um, speaking of imagining did you imagine the town of Clover Ridge Connecticut or is that a, a real town where you set your story well it I when I said a mystery it's always in a town that really doesn't exist however once my husband and I years and years ago drove through Guilford Connecticut and um I just was so impressed by the green and that's what struck stuck in my mind and also I I have a special feeling for Connecticut because for years when I was growing up we had a country house um near Danbury so I, even though I, I, would, I usually set books in Long, on Long Island where I live, um, I, I just thought this would be a fun town to have, to have all those buildings around, these old buildings around the green and not too far from um, the sound. So you could have things, um, scenes set on water. And, um, and that's why I, I just made up the town as I went along. And how do you sort of keep track of where things in, are in, in the town that you created? Did you, do you use uh, maps that you drew or just detailed notes? or Because you, know, you, know, you can't Google it to see a picture of where the bank is or where the post office is. So what, what techniques did you use so that you keep well, things straight yeah. from book to book? Well, I, first of all, I've learned one thing to, to keep a list of characters to begin with. And... Um, I also do my best to, to make sure that the days are in order, right? I've, I once, once I didn't do that and it was not a very good, but the, <laughs> I have a, a general idea of where everything is. Like I know her great aunt and uncle's house is across on the other side of the green. And I know the town hall is a few blocks away and the Indian restaurant they like is in another direction. And the uh, Cozy Corner Cafe, where she and Angela often eat lunch, is three blocks away. It's walkable, so um, I just I have a I have a general idea of um, you know where everything is, and also where the other towns are. Some are real and some are made up, and also where um, where the Avery compound is. That's where um, Dylan, her her fiance. That's where he, um, his parents' home was on that. And, and the cottage that she lives is also on that property. And Smokey Joe came from the farm connect, you know, behind, behind the woods of the, um, behind the woods where um, the cottage is. So I, I don't have a map, but I, I have a general idea of how everything is and how long it takes to get from one place to another. Now, you mentioned that some of the towns were real. Do you use other uh, real-life details sprinkled in with the fictional ones to try and, and, and make Clover Ridge seem more, more vibrant? Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I use some of the towns, I mean, that I've been to. I know, and I, I always, what I do is when I go, when I place something, I, I look, I always go to Guilford, you know, I look up Guilford and where, 
and how far it is from New Haven because um, now um, Dylan is working in New Haven and I know it's a half hour ride more or less when he goes to the office. And um, I, I use other towns that are very picturesque, I think. And, you know, they go to, they go to um, craft fairs there. And, and as I said, some are, some are made up towns, like the town where the gym is, where they go to, which features a lot in the fourth book. Um, so I, some, are mixed, some are made up and some are real towns. If they're far enough away, they're real towns. <laughs> Now, as mentioned, Death on the Shelf is the fifth book in the series. So how do you make up a, a mystery that's fresh enough each time to keep your books from feeling repetitive, but still keeping them familiar enough to appeal to longtime fans? Yeah, well, my stories are all very different one from each other. Um, I, I wanted to make one, well, for example, the second, the second book, I, I, I like to do, what's most important to me in my books are the characters and their and their relationships with one another, and as I said, I'd like to see, I like to see Carrie growing with in each book. Now she did she had a, she comes from a dysfunctional family, and the second book um, deals with her relationship with her father, who was a thief, and it begins practically where he she ne she hasn't seen him a lot in the last several years. And he suddenly appears at three o'clock in her house, breaks in, and um, he wants her to deal with a partner in crime, so somebody he committed a crime with. And she's horrified. And, um, and the book is about their relationship. And then the fourth book deals a lot with her mother. Um, the parents are divorced. And so um, they're very different people. And um, they're very different. I try to bring in very different situations, like the one with her mother, um, her husband, she, she's remarried to someone younger and he's in a, in a film that they're filming in Clover Ridge. And each book is really very different in terms of its setting. But the one I'm working on now, the sixth book, I'm, I'm just going over, carries on the um, town council. So it's a whole other thing. And they're building, um, they, 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 the library has acquired the building next door. It's attached to it. And um, they find a dead body there and there's a lot going on there. So there's really, every book is very, very different in, in, its, in its setting. Um, I like to bring in, two different elements and I like to have them connected and sometimes connecting the two really, it really is a, a difficult thing, but I, I, I want there to be a connection. So in a way it's, it gets rather complicated, but the main thing, as I said, are my characters and many of the characters are, you know, appear from one book to the next. So do you think of the, sort of a social or a family situation first and then the mystery? Or do you come up with your, uh, your murder first and then craft everything else around that? I, I come up with elements. Um, I, I come up with an element and a problem. And um, I think that's, that's what it is. Like the, I'm thinking of the next book and I know that Dylan is going to be in search of a, of a, of a, um, an expensive 
picture, um, art piece of artwork that he was left. And then I know, I know it's where the murder is going to be in the next, in the next, the other part of it is going to be uh, a break-in in an art gallery. And, but really there's a lot more behind that. So I don't know, I think I think of instances or elements and I work around those, but they often involve characters who she's immediately you know, involved with, you know, like Angela's wedding. It's Angela's her best friend. And then it's very difficult because sometimes people say, oh, well, Evelyn wasn't in the book enough. And um, <laughs> this one, or Smokey Joe wasn't in, in the book enough, or this little <laughs> girl, only two people can see Evelyn, um, Angela, I mean, um, Carrie and her little cousin, Tacey. And, or Smokey Joe wasn't in the book enough. And you know, you're acquiring more and more characters and you need new characters. And it's sometimes it's, it's just difficult, right? <laughs> characters moving along. So, um, but I, I, and sometimes I bring back characters. I, I like to do that because it is a community, you know? So it's, it's fun. I, I love having, you know, my characters. And I love to see, you know, now um, in this book, Carrie gets engaged at the end of the book. And, um, you know, it's, it's been something she's having a problem with in a way. So, as I said, I love to see her, the way she develops. And now Smokey Joe's the cat, right? Yep. <laughs> does he help solve the mysteries? He does. He does. In one book, he does. He, he finds something that's been missing all through the book. And, um, but at this, mostly he um, doesn't solve, you know, he doesn't, he, he doesn't solve mysteries, but he's, um, you know, he, he doesn't like Evelyn, of course, you know, he defenses <laughs> her and um, yeah, so he'll, he'll react. Um, and and, and in, at times, you know, and I think in one book he, he saves, um, he, you know, he, he, he um, distracts the uh, killer and, and, and um, he saves Carrie in that, in that way. So he does, he's always present, he's always around and the, everyone in the library likes him. So instead of save the cat, it's the cat saves the day. Yeah, yeah. He's just an again. He's another. He's he's an additional element of, um, you know, what the library's like. It has, um, and and you know, Carrie has two assistants, and they're very different. And um, she re in the first book, she really one of her assistants very efficient, and the other assistant, you know, she just seemed very dull and very lackadaisical. But once Carrie asked her to, to do some artwork, she suddenly came alive. And um, this is going to be important in the sixth book because she's, um, she has artwork in the art gallery and, um, and she keeps, you know, this is a way of Susan developing. We see how the characters move ahead. So, um, and, and that helps give me ideas for future books and um, which is very interesting. So I guess, I guess it keeps me from running out of ideas because more <laughs> characters means more ideas. And why I chose my sleuth, I was, I was at my library when the idea came to me. My, my library has this beautiful outdoor area and, it's, it's, um, and I was listening to a, um, we were sitting and you had to bring your own chairs, you know, sitting on the lawn 
with friends and um, listening to a drummer and um, the, um, the woman in charge of, um, of the um, adult education, adult programs at the time came and introduced him. And I thought that would make a perfect sleuth because you have the closeness of the library, you have all the familiar people, and yet you're constantly bringing, if you're in charge of programs and events like Carrie is, you're constantly bringing in new people and, and with, you know, each person could have a story, right? Like she, one of the persons who came in wanted to uh, give a program at the library was a psychic and that led to something else. And also I like to often go into cold cases and very often a cold case will be related to a more recent case in some of the books. So time, there's that also, time playing its role. And it's, and the name of the library that in, inspired you is, in case anyone wants to go uh, see the, the real life place? I, I've met, no, well, I guess it's my library, but it really, it, it, just parts of it is. I, I'm on Long Island. It, I mean, it doesn't look like it um, because the library that I have in, in, you know, in, my, in my books, in my mind, is really an old, old building that was once um, was was once a home, but my library. But when I set different scenes, I think of my library. So um, there really isn't any, you know, any real library that someone could visit. <laughs> well, even even if it's not the exact library in your book, I'm I'm sh- libraries are always worthwhile places to visit. So they could they could go and check out your book. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. And it's, what's nice is that librarians liked it, you know, and they and a lot of the things because she's always coming up with new ideas, what I actually my friend has the role. It, it, my friend had this position in my library of constantly uh, bringing in people to to um, speak and to entertain. And um, and a lot of the things that Anne Marie did, uh, like the cooking shows, I, I have that. And one of the one of my um, one of the reviews I had said, and I'm just talking about things that I know people have done. She says, "There's no such library like this. No library has all these different events and programs, but they do because my, you know, I, of course I didn't respond, but <laughs> I, I, but they do, and um, some libraries do have that, so." It's, this this is true. Lib- libraries, especially these days, are much more than uh, just places to check out books, which is certainly a worthy endeavor, but they've expanded beyond that. And, and they do have uh, music programs and cooking programs and all sorts of things to, uh, you know, as you said, build a community. So Exactly. So, I mean, they're so endless, endless. I mean, you could do a trip into Manhattan. You, it, there were just so many ideas you could build a, a mystery around, you know, so it's, it's endless, really. Um, and, it's, you know, so, so I think there's, you know, that's where the fun is. Now, switching back to you for a minute, uh, you write uh, your Haunted Library series under the pen name, Alison Brooke. So how did, uh, tell us about that. How did you uh, choose to use a pseudonym? And how did you choose the name Alison Brooke? Um, and, and do you keep, are you in Allison completely separate or does your alter ego sometimes blend with your, your own life? 
No, I am one person. I am, I think everyone knows that I'm Marilyn. What happened was um, I started out writing children's books. And when I started writing mysteries and I, I think I, I, I had a um, romantic suspense published, I, I did debate having a pseudonym. I said, no, I'm Marilyn and that's it. But when there was a possibility of um, you know the, them taking uh, Crooked Lane, taking this series, they wanted me to have a pseudonym. So I, I have I've had the I have this group of um, fellow cozy writers. We've been together long, almost twenty years, some of us, and um, so I I think I selected five names, and out came Allison Brooke, and that's what happened, and I. <laughs> I just, I just keep, I have one, um, I, I don't separate it. I mean, some places make me separate it like BookBub does, but um, I have one um, Facebook page. I, 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 I think Twitter made me have a, two different ones. Um, I, have, I, have, I have one um, website. I just have one, you know, that's my choice. I have one email and, um, and when I go on any of these, um, you know, author takeovers, or, or I, I, I make a comment at any of the, um, at any of the, on any of the, the groups, you know, the cozy groups, they all know it's me. It's a Marilyn. So it, it wasn't my choice, but I just, you know, I'm comfortable being Allison. But that, you know, that was how it came about. <laughs> Now, you mentioned that you're working on the, the sixth Haunted Library uh, novel. Uh, can you tell us what the, the title of that one's going to be? Oh, okay. This is the one. This is called um, Dewey Decimated. Dewey and Decimated. Yes. I know. My, my group, one of my friends came up with that. They, my publisher always asks me for titles, and I um, very rarely are my titles chosen, but... Um, I think this is the second of my group's title was chosen and he <laughs> was like, yeah, right. So anyway, um, okay, this book is, um, involves the two elements in this book are um, the, Carrie is now on the, um, on, on the Clover Ridge Town Council. She really didn't want to go on it, but she, um, she's taking a woman's place and she said who, who's moving and um she said she will do it for a, a year and a year and 14 months I guess and um you know it's a lot of work um you know you have to deal with so much there and the first thing she has to do is um there is a preserve um and it's right on the sound so it's valuable property and the group has to decide one of three things to do with it. One, keep the preserve. The 50 years are, are up and now it could be used for other things. Build um, upscale uh, condos or have a park. And so there's open meetings about this and they have to decide on that. And meanwhile, the construction is going on next door and that's where they um, find a dead body and it's and the unfortunately they break through when they're not supposed to yet and a, a ghost appears and um 
and he's like, he's making, he's knocking things down. He's not like Evelyn at all. And, and Carrie doesn't know what to do. She's so glad when Evelyn appears and they, you know, they're very disturbed with this, this, this ghost is very disturbing. He doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know what happened to him. And a lot of the story is his figuring out why, why, how, why he's in Clover Ridge, who he is, um, why did he get murdered? And he just finds, he has amnesia and he, he just finds everything out piecemeal. And then there's another murder and so it goes. Oh, and this, this I got a kick out of. Um, there's, um, now that Angela and Steve are married, they, they're, looking for a they're looking for a designer dog. And Carrie kinds of thinks it's silly, you know, that, you know, why would you have to pick such, spend so much time buying a dog that's, you know, looking into breeds. And Angela says, well, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not, Steve and I are not going with the first animal that crosses our path like you did, you know. <laughs> and so you get a little bit of the dog and cat business, you know. And, um, and then again, you know, she's sort of evading, Carrie's sort of evading setting a date for her wedding or when they'll get married. And Dylan's not pushing. Oh, and then her father started, oh, her father, I keep, she's close to her father and her father gets married in the one of the earlier books as well. And all of a sudden he's, he's nudging her to get married. You know, it's like, it's, she can't believe it that, you know, of all the people he's becoming one of these um, helicopter fathers. I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah. And he, you know, he's working, he works in um, Dylan's company in Atlanta and well, Dylan's an investigator, I should say. And, um, you know, the former thief is now a um, <laughs> respectable <laughs> person. Yeah. So, so you see, you know, some people change and some people don't. And when do you expect uh, Dewey Decimated to be available? Um, okay, so the, the um, death, this death on the shelf, is coming out November 9th. and uh, Dewey Decimated, they think, is coming out the following September. Okay, so it'll be September twenty twenty two. Yeah, and I just got the uh, the first sketch of the cover. So that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and will you, will you be having a cover reveal at some point? Probably, yeah, I, I probably. I, I always put my two cents in. So <laughs> I must say I'm, I'm always, I'm, I'm really, really happy with my, with my covers. So um, yeah, but you know, they allow me but to, to, um, to put my two cents in, yeah. So. And uh, where, where can readers buy a copy of Death on the Shelf? Um, well, my, my books are distributed by um, Penguin Random House. So there, um, there's a, on their site, there are many places, of course, on, on, um, on Amazon and at Barnes and Noble and several other places as well, and, and some stores as well. And it comes, um, my books are out in hardcover and eBooks and audio. I know that all, uh, all three. And uh, any any particular independent bookstores you'd recommend people to find your book at? Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, 
I know I I don't know, but some there are a few. They could check it out on on Penguin um, Random House because um, but there there's a list of about um, ten places where it's sold where they're sold. Um, and they can also go to bookshop.org um, if they're they're looking for an independent uh, bookshop to to buy from. Yeah. And where can readers connect with you? I know you mentioned that you're on Facebook and Twitter. Well, yes. what's your what's your Twitter handle? Uh, Marilyn Levinson or um, Allison Brook ML, and I'm and I'm on Facebook as Marilyn Levinson. I'm easy to get there, you know, to find. Yeah, and you said you had a website. Yes, <laughs> www.marilynlevinson.com. Okay, and so all of those places are are good options for folks to find out what's uh, what's next for the for your yeah. uh, Clover they, Ridge crew. Yeah, and they can sign up for my um for my newsletter, um, which is if they go to my if they go to my website. Yeah, I I put out a newsletter every other every other month. Oh, okay. Well, thank you very much for joining me in the corner today, Marilyn. Well, thank you so much for having me, Alexia. I I really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. My guest today was Marilyn Levinson, who writes The Haunted Library Mysteries as Allison Brooke. Her latest is Death on the Shelf. I'm Alexia Gordon, your host. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you for listening to The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon, part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I'm Alexia Gordon, award-winning author and host of the show. Tune in next time for another chat with an author writing on the lighter side of crime. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye.